welcome to another episode of Outside Shots with my man Eddie Johnson, who is live from L.A., uh, the scene of, <laughs> for some Suns fans, the scene of the crime. Uh, as always, <laughs> we're brought to you by OGs, the number one edible in the game. We'll get to them in a little bit. But uh, Eddie, it was a kind of a rough night last night in, in L.A. for the Suns. Uh, obviously, they, they lost the game, but uh, the biggest takeaway was the fact that the referees... Um, a little skewed from from a lot of people's perspective. Forty six to twenty in terms of foul calls. Uh, Austin Reeves getting LeBron type calls all game long, and that's a problem uh, to a lot of people, not just people in the Suns world. Uh, when when uh, I think there was a stat that said that Steph Curry has gone to the line seven times in I think the last two games, and and Austin Reeves has gone to the line like forty. It's pretty crazy. Um, you were there courtside. You got a great view of the game. Uh, what what was your take on really last night's performance by the officials and overall by the Suns? Well, you know, I think they. I need to buy a few of these for the <laughs> officials. I mean these these glasses right here. Seriously, like they make little things look real big. You know, and they probably. I think we should put a slow motion camera on there so they can see. Yeah, when Devin Booker drove to the rim yesterday in the first half, D'Angelo Russell basically tried to take his damn wrists off. Mm-hmm. No foul. No foul. It's getting to the point it's disturbing. I'm not look, I'm not gonna go at the fact that Reeves is getting to the line. The kid knows how to get to the line. He draws contact, he's very animated. And so this is not about Reeves. So I'm not going to take his thunder. It's just about equality. That's all. It's about equality. It's about if if you call a foul on us, then why are you not calling a foul on them when it's the same kind of contact? I mean, they even tried to give Devin a foul. All he did was keep his position on the court, not let the defender run past him. He was going still in like a diagonal dribble and – and Scott Foster called the foul on Vanderbilt. And then the other official on the other side probably hadn't blown his whistle in a while. He wanted to be creative, and he ran his ass over there and tried to call a charge. Now, this is the problem. It forced Monty to use his challenge. The bad call by the official forced Monty Williams to use his challenge. So now, no challenge. Because a couple of plays happened where he could have challenged and he couldn't at, you know, when the Lakers, when the game was pretty close at the end. So, yeah, I mean, look, are the Suns guilty of fouling too much with their hands? Yes. So I'm not going to, you know, absolve them from what they're doing. They're not moving their feet as well as they should to stay in front of guys. And so they're, they're part of the problem too. Okay. So, but come on. I mean, Devin Booker's been playing inside the paint, man, all year, trying to get to the rim, going up with pressure, can't get fouls. It's just it, – I don't I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I think that they need to send all the officials to Phoenix, and they, used to go, they need to go into a seminar and tell the Suns and show them video that none of this is true because I bet you they can't. Because it, it's really getting egregious right now, and, and I'm a little upset about it. 
Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people are upset about it. And, and to your point, just equality on both ends of the court. Like, and I said last night on the Sun Show, I agreed with you. You know, I thought that the de- defensive positioning by the Suns, um, in a lot of in a lot of places, um, it lent itself to easy defensive fouls. Um, and 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 that's something they got to clean up. In addition to that, the other thing was is just the overall sloppiness of of really the the screens that were being set um, and being called as offensive, you know, obviously uh, illegal screens. Uh, I thought that, that was something that's easily controllable. But outside of that, you know, the the calls going one way in a very very heavy way. When the 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 team that that the visiting team is doing the same exact thing on the other end and not getting the same calls, that obviously yeah. is what you've pointed out, and that's the biggest problem here. Is that, and I think that's what leads to the frustration by the team. Now, the Suns uh, again, uh, you can't cry wolf a million times in a row and expect different results sometimes. And I think the Suns are starting to build that reputation as a team that constantly complains all the time. Fair or not. We've seen it a lot. We've seen a lot of complaining a lot of times. And I, I think it, it starts to fall on deaf ears with some officials like, dude, you complain all the time. I don't know what you say uh, it, when you say something, if it's valid or not, or if you're just you're just trying to get a call. Like, I, I think there's some some merit to that. But last night specifically and, and, and other instances, obviously, Devin Booker specifically gets it does not get a superstar whistle. Number one. Um, I felt like he got the superstar whistle like maybe two years ago, three years ago, more consistently than he gets it now, which is really baffling because he's a much better player and much smarter at trying to draw contact now than he was before. I don't understand the disconnect between the officials and what Devin Booker is doing um, and why. I don't know if it's maybe it's his body. It's hard to see some of these fouls with his body or maybe they feel like maybe he's the initiator of contact versus not like. It's really confusing. It's really off-putting, especially when you're seeing guys like Austin Reeves um, being able to do similar things. Now, Austin Reeves is a little slower. He's a little less athletic. Um, and his his body looks like if you just breathe on him, he's going to flail anyway. So it's a little easier to see visually the call. But I still don't think 46 to 20 is it. That That's the problem. 46 to 20. And the Suns took more sh- – I think they took more shots in the game. Let me make sure I check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took 20 more field goal attempts. 20. 20 more field goal attempts. Uh, and so if you look at the box score, the Suns really, if you look at it and you don't look at free throws, probably say, okay, the Suns won this game. Uh, took as many inside shots in the paint as the Lakers did. Uh, might have fact took more. So I'm trying to figure it out, man. I, I, I'm like, we've talked about this ad nauseum. We've talked about maybe the sun should, you know, tone down their body language when things happen. Maybe that'll help. But you know what? That's when you're talking about officials in high school and college. Mm-hmm. These are professional officials. These are the highest level. They're supposed to navigate anything. Right, they're supposed to be able to navigate through the minutia of anything. They're supposed to be ready, regardless if you're getting attacked by coaches, by players, by fans. The reason that they go to training camp and the way that they have gotten their job as an NBA official 
is because they're going to stay balanced regardless of what is thrown at them. And I'm not seeing that when it involves the Suns. I am not seeing it. I am seeing officials get agitated. I am seeing them maybe, you know, not make a call because of it. Uh, and, and to me, it's, it's disrespectful. You're talking about a team that went to the finals two years ago, had the best record in the league last year. They've, they've developed that reputation. They've earned it. Austin Reeves has not earned that yet. Is he a good player? Yes. But he hasn't earned that. He hasn't earned to go to the free throw line 18 times a game before and then go there a ton last night. Yeah. No. He has, so he's earned that more than Devin Booker. That's what the officials are saying. And I'm not talking about just give Devin a foul because he's Devin Booker. I'm saying the dude is getting slapped on his arms. He's be, He has to be guarded aggressively every night. If you don't guard him aggressively, he's going to give you 40. So, like Vanderbilt last night, very aggressive, up on him, into him, okay? Not worried about contact. Okay, so I don't understand the difference at all. It's yeah. becoming disturbing. And, you know, people can say, oh, what is you? Oh, you're complaining. You know, and, and, and to me, you know, especially on social networking, those are the couch potatoes and water boys. They don't know what contact is unless food goes in their mouth. That's the only contact they know. <laughs> All right. So I'm not even – it's not them. It, it's more so, you know, the, the media and people higher up within the NBA. I mean, I don't know what they're watching. Yeah. Because you, you, this team does. I mean, DeAndre Ayton doesn't get any respect. I see him get hit on the elbow, get hit on up. No, nothing, nothing. So yeah, I don't blame Monty for going off, but I also will say this, and I know people, you know, people know I'm fair in this. The Suns got to do a better job of playing defense with their feet and not their hands. Like that is that is a recipe for foul trouble. Yeah. And our big man, especially Jock Landale and other guys, because they're undersized a lot of the time. So they're playing defense, Torrey Craig, all with, with their hands, Josh Kogi with their hands, and not, not trusting that if you stay in front of the guy, you make him take a tough shot, that probably he's going to miss it. Seems like we bail a lot of shooters out, man, by trying to reach in. And I, I would count maybe seven times last night. Well, we bail shooters out, man, by just touching their arm or just or, or hitting them and not trusting that you stand in front of them could force them to miss a shot. Yeah. And that has to change. You know, uh, Monty finally let it loose last night. And if you didn't get a chance to see it, here it is. I spoke <coughs> with Joe last week. I can sit here and rant and rave about what I feel like is not a fair whistle. It's just not. With the 46 free throws, we're doing the same. We're attacking the rim. I'm getting explanations about um, we're taking too many jump shots, mid-range jump shots. Like it, we're playing a physical game. They had 27 free throws in the first half. They end up with 46. When do you see a game with 46 free throws for one team? Like that's that's just not that's not right. I don't care how you slice it. It's happening to us too much. Other teams are reaching. Other teams are hitting, and we're not getting the same call. And I'm tired of it. It's just, it's old. 46 to 20, 20 free throws right. with Devin Booker on our team. He gets 12. 
Josh gets, I mean, that our bench had no free throws. That's just, I'm over it. Been talking about the same thing for a while. Doesn't matter what team it is. Last game, Shea gets, I think he had 19 free throws. 19, man. And it's old. And so I'm, I'm tired of talking about free throws. Our guys have to do their job. We, we understand that. But that, that's a huge disparity, 46 free throws. And I'll say it again, 46 to 20. That's it. That's all I got to say. Yeah, the mic drop right there. Listen, man, that's about as heated as you're ever going to see Monty Williams uh, in a postgame presser. And you, you listen, he said multiple times, I'm, I'm tired of talking about the calls. I'm tired of talking about the officials. Brother, so am I. I think everybody's tired of talking about the officiating and the calls. Like, And, and I don't know what the solution is here, but, but EJ – Monty is not a very vocal guy, uh, you know, when it comes to controversy. He's not a very vocal guy when it comes to really putting people on blast. He likes to keep things pretty calm, uh, close to the vest. Uh, He tries to approach things as professionally as he possibly can. Obviously, we've hit a point where there's some frustration on his end, obviously. Uh, There's some frustration on his team's part, and he's trying to speak out about it. What was your take on, on Monty? No, he, look, he has to protect his players, and that's that's part of his job description. Uh, he has to protect his players because if he protects them, then it saves them from getting fined after games. It saves them from getting texts. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, he has to do that. And, and you know, look, he's looking at the same thing that everybody else is looking at at home. Uh, back in the day, they didn't have all these stats available during the course of a game when I played and things of that nature where fans can keep up with it unless they got a pencil and they're just keeping track themselves. Now, I mean, you can go get all kind of stats you want during the course of the game. So you as a fan, you're sitting there watching it as well. Now, this is the funny part. Like, Reeves took what? How many free throws did he take last night? 13? Uh, Reeves took 17, I believe. He took 17 free throws last night. Okay. Now, that's amazing to me. No, uh, uh, he, that's amazing to me. No, he took 13. 13. So, uh, Devin Booker, so they talking about, well, the Suns are shooting too many mid-range shots, right? That's what they said. Now, see, this is why I say, right? So, here's, here's a case in point. Reeves got to the line 13 times. He took 10 shots. Okay, uh, eight of those were in the paint. Devin Booker had 10 shots within the mid-range. 10, okay? Let me count it again. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, sorry. 13 shots. What's the difference? So you're telling me that Reeves, who's a third-year player, he deserves that kind of that kind of hit to his reputation, but you're going to say, tell Devin Booker that he is not taking enough shots at the rim. He took more damn shots than Reeves. Reeves took one shot at the rim last night. He was inside the circle one time. Devin was inside the circle four times. No one to hear it. Like, I don't know what they're watching, okay? We're seeing him constantly get hacked. We're seeing other guys like Landale and, and Busy get these little touch-touch fouls, 
and other guys aren't getting them. Okay, so it is an issue. It truly is an issue. And he's right. The Lakers shouldn't be shooting that many damn free throws. I mean, it just seems like every game a team is just getting to the bonus first. They're taking more free throws. And like I said, I don't want to sit up here and say the officials are cheating. I am saying they come with some kind of mindset that is somewhat now becoming disturbing. Yeah. Because the trend is too there. I mean, you're going to tell me Chris Paul's not trying to draw body contact? Really? That's all he's trying to do. Okay? That's all he's trying to do. Torrey Craig's not trying to draw contact when he drives in there. Come on, man. Yeah. Yes, they are. And DeAndre, to me, is the is the worst officiated. Oh, yeah. Because we see him get fouled all the time on jump hooks that is his shot. And they think just because the ball is away from the defender, they don't look at the body, though. They don't look at the fact that they're giving him a shove on his hip and kind of knocking him off balance. They're not looking at that part of it. Yeah, it, 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 look, and again, I'm, I'm going to say this again. Everybody's dealt a tough blow. We still could have won the game. Mm-hmm. Still could have won the game. Despite all of that, still could have won the game. Had some t- untimely turnovers. We missed about three or four layups. Yeah. I mean, Chris Paul never missed layups at the rim. Uh, so there's a lot of things we have to look in the mirror, too, as well. And so, yeah, you know, you, what what you going to do, though, right? You got to show up tomorrow in Sacramento, and you got to be ready to play. Now, there's De'Aaron Fox that the Suns are going to deal with tomorrow. He's a lot like Devin then. Let's see how many fouls he gets. He's a lot like Devin. He's a, he's a get-in-the-paint, jump-straight-up-and-shoot guy. He's not trying to jump into your body. He's not trying to do any of that, yeah. okay? Uh, so, bonus, likes to shoot a left-handed hook. Mm-hmm. Just like DeAndre, away from his body. Let's see how many fouls he gets. Yeah, Those are the things I'm going to be watching tomorrow, and I'm going to be very vocal about it because I think it's getting to the point where I have to. Yeah, it's it's, it's a very interesting scenario that's playing out for the Suns. Uh, the, the, the last takeaway I have is, is you kind of alluded to it. you got to control what you can control, and I think the Suns as a team uh, too many times, especially the last two games where they've pulled it close to one point or they've had the lead in the fourth quarter. And then defensively, they've melted down. They've missed some bunnies. They've missed some easy shots and they've turned the ball over. Like those, the, those three things you can control yourself. Right. And the Suns are going to have to clean that up, especially when they're thick of the playoff race, because right now, whew, I, it's a, it's a, a shit storm out there with how many teams right now that are, 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 uh, eligible to be in the playoffs uh, record-wise by the end of this season. It's going to be uh, – it's it's a it's a mad dash to the finish line right now. The Suns currently in the four spot still, despite uh, losing five out of their last six I games. I have no idea how we're still in the four spot. <laughs> well, this is how. It's because the West is also cannibalizing itself. And, you know, last night I, I sat there and I talked about the fact that, you know, hey – the Suns could very realistically lose another two or three games in a row. You, you just don't know how they're playing. However, comma, the one thing that I don't think I really thought about clearly enough was the fact that all these other teams are going to have to play each other too, and they're going to have to lose some games as well. And so that kind of keeps the Suns kind of 
on, on that hovering point right there. And so I think by the end of the day, the Suns will end up with the four or the five seed, especially if they could hold on for another week and then KD comes back and everything will kind of smooth out. They'll, win. They'll get a couple dubs before the end of the season and head into the playoffs, hopefully at full strength. Uh, but the, the playoff positioning as it stands, EJ, uh, what, what has surprised you about the cannibalization of the West? Well, I think the, the the East is finally, I think, kind of trumped the West in a sense. I thought after the trade deadline that the West had taken it back, and maybe they have in a in a in a, in a weird way, in that it's, it's so the parity really ramped itself up. But you're talking about a lot of teams right there in the middle of the pack that's dealing with injuries too, right? Mm-hmm. So if you go if you start at four with the Sun situation right now uh, with injury, you had Golden State that hadn't had Wiggins for the last couple of months. Uh, Steph just got back. Uh, they're still watching Clay on back-to-backs. The Clippers so just lost PG. Clippers just, yeah, PG. And, you know, so Minnesota, you know, they just got finally, you know, halfway healthy. And, you know, Carl Anthony Towns comes back, has a good game. But Anthony Edwards is, is, is still beat up. So uh, the Thunder, you know, they're, they're, they're not injury. They, they don't have hey, injuries right now. The, so that's the, why they're competing. The Thunder are are the team that I'm going to say will sneak in to that top six. And the reason why, you look at their schedule for the remainder of the season. It isn't – for the remainder of March, this is who they got. They got the Clippers without PG. They got the Lakers. Okay. Then they got the Trailblazers, the Hornets, the Pistons, and the Pacers. Like – if you're OKC, you probably you're probably in the best position of any of those teams that are above you and, and below you, uh, period. Like, and they got a great opportunity to sleep into that sixth uh, spot before the season's over, which is phenomenal. It's crazy yeah, to but, think about that. But because they have a great opportunity, they'll lose some of them. <laughs> That's just the way it it's goes. It's true. It's true. And because those teams that you mentioned at the end. They're not playing for anything other than making sure that they don't get in or they don't get to a point in the standings. They'll play it out. And so, yeah, a lot of times when you look at strength of schedule and all of that, I don't pay too much attention to it at the end of the season because it's a lot of different, you know, things that's going on that can help a team win or a team will lose. Like Houston is beating some good teams lately because they're trying to play out the schedule. They're trying to play for next year. They're trying to develop rhythm. So I don't too much buy into it at all. I just think if you look in the mirror and you know you got to win. The Sun schedule is not easy, but good. That means it gets you ready for the playoffs. That means you don't back in. You got to go earn your way in. And that's the way you look at it. If the Suns want home court advantage, they're going to have to find a way. They can't sit around and say, woe is me. I understand the dynamic. I think sometimes people don't. And I mean, try to break it down for everybody. People are saying, oh, the Suns are struggling, even with DeAndre. Right. Even with DeAndre, Suns are struggling. But what they don't understand is, yeah, we gave up, okay, two players that's playing right now, okay, Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. We gave them up. All right. We gave up Dario Sarri. And who did we get back? We got back Kevin Durant. Uh, We got back uh, Darius Baisley. We got back TJ Warren. T.J. Warren and Baisley aren't really playing much, although I was excited to see T.J. get some time last night, and I thought he was very productive, and I hope that continues. So now we don't have Kevin Durant. So if you if you go backwards and you say, okay, say the trade wasn't made, mm-hmm. that's equivalent now to having, who Cam Johnson out with injury, Mikael Bridges out with injury, 
DeAndre Ayton out with injury. So, and not have Dario sorry. So that's basically what we're playing with right now. So I want you to look at it that way and understand that, yeah, I expected some struggle because they're undermanned right now. And, and so that's why it'd be great to see KD get back. From what I understand, he is very close to getting back. Uh, and so that is a great sign there. And hopefully DeAndre will be ready here, you know, after the Suns return uh, this weekend. So, you know, that's our team. And right now we don't have our team. And I'm, we're fortunate that we're still in that fourth spot. For sure, for sure. And just to give a little clarification, the, the Kings are in the three spot, five five games in the loss column above the Suns. So it's going to be very, very hard for the Suns to catch them. That's probably not going to happen. But no. right behind the Suns in the fourth spot are the uh, from five all the way through 12. You have the Suns with 34 losses, the Clippers with 35, the Warriors with 36, the Timberwolves with 37, OKC with 36, Dallas with 37, Lakers with 37, Utah with 37, and the Pelicans with 37. Uh, when I say it's jumbled up, folks, that's what I'm talking about. Jumbled is, up, man. Uh, this, this, this might be the most exciting end to a season we've ever seen because I, yeah. I can't remember another year where there's literally been eight teams, eight teams jumbled up fighting for playoff positioning and or just to get into the play-in. I've never seen anything like this in the NBA uh, the plan right now, the plan, the plan is looking like a genius move because of uh, it keeps more teams yeah. involved through the end of the season. And it's been phenomenal to watch. Let, let me say this. We, right now we have two teams with 50 wins. They're both in the East. Okay. Last year, at, last year, Miami had 53, Boston 51, Milwaukee 51, Philly 51, Right, uh, Phoenix 64, Memphis 56, Golden State 53, Dallas 52. So it just goes to show you that parity is arrived, it has arrived, and you're looking at teams right now. Really, the only teams now that have a chance to win 50 games, I believe, is Philly, Cleveland's going to have to win four in a row. I mean, you know, they're going to win four out of their last games. Denver obviously needs one more. And Memphis, right now, they're five games away. I don't know if they'll get that. So, yeah, yeah parity has arrived without a doubt. And the scary part, I think, for Denver and Memphis, who are, who are at the top right now and seems like they're going to wind up being 1-2 unless Denver just totally melts down at the end and Memphis catches them, is they don't know who the hell they're going to play. Yeah. Now, welcome to the world of the Phoenix Suns uh, two years ago, uh, last year with 64 <laughs> yeah. wins. Like, and, and the year before that, you have no idea who you're going to play. And that's what the play-in generates. And the, the scary part for Denver is here are the Lakers right now down in the 10th spot. Now, obviously, they're trying to get to at least 7 or 8. Okay, So if they are in the play-in, they want to have that ability where they have to lose two games. Mm -hmm. And so whoever wins that play-in – Denver's going to have to play right now between uh, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Dallas, or the Lakers. Now, we already know in the hierarchy who they'd like to have. They'd like to get the Thunder first, regardless how well they're playing. Yeah. Yep. Then they'd like to probably take Minnesota. Yep. And then yep. they'd rather take Dallas yep. because of the dominance of Doncic and, and, and obviously Kyrie. And then they don't want to see the Lakers. No, they don't. But guess what? 
the Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies and the Kings are going to probably get one of those teams. So the teams at the top that have played well all year, they in a sense could get punched. Whereas say the Suns in the fourth spot, if they can hold on, they can wind up matching up with the Clippers and they don't have Paul George. Uh, or the Suns can match up with the Warriors and they don't have Wiggins. All right. And so and their defense has been porous and they've been playing, you know, pretty poorly on the road, but yet I think they've won their last two on the road. So yeah, uh, it, it's, it's unfair, but the Suns experienced that over the last two years. And so I'm not saying woe is me, but that's the parody of it all. My God, Jay in the chat, um, has had a pretty good, pretty good line about this, uh, this jumbled up, uh, kind of West earlier, uh, in the chat there. Uh, yeah, right there. Uh, he said, last time I saw something so jumbled up was the black Friday line at circuit city back in 07. RIP yeah. circuit city. You got to love that one. Uh, and then buck dog in the chat as well. said, exciting. If we make the cut heartbreaking, if we don't, that's the, <laughs> that could be, ta- that could be, uh, you know, chiseled on anybody's son's tombstone. It's just the highs and lows of being a son's fan. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but if you want to cure those highs and lows, Make sure you take some OGs, the best edible in game. They got that happy bounce gummy, one to one CBD THC ratio with that strawberries and cream flavor. Just came out about a couple weeks ago. So go to any dispensary, enjoy. Go to ogsbrands.com for more information uh, to find out where they sell these uh, beautiful edibles at. And remember, you must be 21 or over to enjoy. Shout out to OGs. Uh, we love we love what they do here. Uh, uh, a couple other things before we wrap this up. Uh, John Morant came back last night. The Memphis Grizzlies clinched a playoff spot. But, uh, you know, obviously on the heels of him coming out of uh, a, a rehab and uh, obviously and, and still admitting that there's still work to be done on his on his end to, to deal with anxiety and stress and some of the other things that he's dealing with. Um, Papa Morant. Uh, seen courtside along with his uncle uh, wearing this hoodie that says redemption. And uh, listen, I, I'm all for I'm all for trials and tribulations and over, overcoming adversity. But uh, in this regard, uh, <coughs> I don't know what this what, what are we talking about here? Redemption of of, of your own self inflict inflicted uh, kind of uh, errors, uh, you know, like. Uh, redemption for you know I don't get this at all I don't understand it at all I don't understand like okay uh the redemption story doesn't start uh, at a gentleman's club with a gun in your hand I'm sorry it just doesn't that's not how the redemption works you know what I'm saying so uh <laughs> I don't know if you saw this Eddie what was your takeaway on a uh, good old Papa Morant showing off the redemption story uh apparently coming to a Disney channel near you when you look up the meaning of redemption, right? First meaning is the action of, of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. Okay? Uh, second is the action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. Well, it seems to me he's trying to make money off that damn hoodie. Because <laughs> yeah. basically, you know, John Morant, if he doesn't make an all-NBA team, can lose up to $39 million. Wow. So, yeah, okay, uh, Papa Morant, you, 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 you look at that, the money that he lost because that's your money too because obviously he's taking care of you, and rightly he should. You're his dad, okay? Any kid in that position should reach back and take care of their parents. 
but the parents should still continue to take care of them. Go away, man. It's not about you. Yeah. Like, when is the when is he gonna learn? Uh, it's not about you. Redemption. He should be wearing it, not you. If he was wearing it, fine. Not you. No, go away. You know what I mean by go away? Sit up in the stands, man. Don't be seen. I'm sure he probably has a suite. Go sit in the suite. Get out of the limelight. Stop bringing attention to your son off the court. You don't play. People are staring at you. You love it, okay? But it's not about you. This is his time in life. This is his journey. You've had your journey, and you've led him in a tremendous way to get to where he is. Now let him go. Like, let him go. Let him go experience life. You've done your work. Most parents do their work to their kid is 18 to 21. Let them go. My mom let me go at 18. Go, son. I told you all the pitfalls that you can fall into. I told you, if you do this, you give in the peers, you're going to pay a price. You saw your brothers get make struggles and, and, and get in trouble. Don't you do it. I gave you the belt when you acted up. So... I've done my job. That's what I told my kids. I've done my job. You know, if you do something and you're not being proactive, you know that's against everything I taught you. Why is he sitting there? It's not about him. After all that has gone on, all the ridicule he's got, all the, the back and forth for people having opinions about how he should not raise his kid, you've already raised your kid. Yeah. Okay. You've already raised them. So we're not telling you how to raise your kid. We're telling you how to not take them backwards and stop stop giving in to the thought that something happened to him. No, 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 no. He did it. He made those decisions. He made them. And you could have maybe stopped some of them. Yeah. But you haven't. You haven't. I'm I'm like, I'm to the point, man, where I don't think he gets it. He truly does it. Redemption. What do you mean redemption? You know, no, 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 no. Looking forward and making amends. That's what he should say. Yeah. Making amends. Like, uh, I'm sorry. Like, my fault. It's not about you. Yeah. And he has to get to that point. So he can't can't tell me he doesn't, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm a dad. Yeah. Any dad, any dad doesn't have to play sports. His dad, his son doesn't have to be in sports. His son is in life. That's what it's about. Because when you have a kid, you look at them when they're born, and you're amazed. It's surreal. I mean, for me, I cried both times like a baby. You cut the umbilical cord, and you're nursing them, right? The mom is nursing. You're caring for them. You're protecting them like it's a piece of china, okay? Eyes always on alert. They go outside. You're looking out the window to make sure they're safe. You know, you're teaching them all these things, how to cross the street, how to be respectful, all those things that he has taught his son. And his son has made it to the highest level. He's one of the best basketball players in the world, okay? has a great personality, a great smile, does a lot of things I know in the city of Memphis that I've heard. Mm -hmm. Let him go, man. Yeah. Let him go. 
Stop being the focal point sitting in the front row. That's the problem. I I don't have a problem with him sitting in the front row, but what I have a problem with is what I have a problem with is, is him being part of the narrative and the narrative right now around jaw is he's surrounding himself with, with, with people that are, that are not going to further uh, his own development and further his own best interests. Right. Uh, Because when you wear a shirt like that, you, you immediately draw negative attention to yourself, which by, by default draws negative attention to, to jaw Moran. And that's the thing that I don't like as a parent, as you said, um, you know, I have four kids myself and uh, every time I go to a game, I'm not one of those parents that sits there and shouts at their kid while they're playing their sport. I'm not one of those ones that's that's wearing the gear and all. No, I, I want to I'm just here to watch my son play or daughter play and watch them participate and do the things in life that, that I, I have taught them to try and do and lead by example to do. And so at this point, like you said, John Morant's dad should be out of the picture. He should be inconspicuous. We shouldn't even know what he looks like. You know what I'm saying? And but but in this regard, uh, also because he looks like Usher. Like, let's let's be real about that. No, he's no no uh, no. He's trying to look like Usher. Yeah yeah. No, I know. It's he's, a different. It's a difference. Like, for sure. Like, like I look like Denzel, but I'm not walking around trying to look like Denzel. Brother, come on now. Hey, come no. on, man. Look, people told me I look like Denzel. No, no, you know. Come on now. I hold it. No, I'm not. No. Hey, look. Look, now you can't get, you can't come over here talking about couch potatoes man, and water look, boys and then compare yourself man, to Denzel Washington. That man, is not how this is gonna man, go. Look, man, I walked on the floor last night with that tight Italian suit for my boy <laughs> Minas at Brothers Taylors. I walked on the floor. And this one girl like Denzel. Denzel. <laughs> I said. I said. Uh, what's up, man? What's up? What's going on? What's <laughs> Come on, man. Like, look, and so I'm being funny. I like, I'm not walking around trying to impersonate Denzel. Like, come on, man. Like, be yourself. You're John Moran's dad. That's enough. You sitting there with dark sunglasses on. LeBron can do that. You can't do that in the front row. See, you don't get what I'm saying. It's some parents that have sat in the front row. Like, you know, Kevin Durant's mom sits in the front row. Some people have to sit in the front row. But sit there with class. Like, sit there and be, you know, you know, inconspicuous. Did I, did I pronounce that correctly? Yes. Uh, and just watch the game. Yeah, you can get excited. You can get upset. But don't be over there going, through con- going to confrontations like he did with Shannon Sharp. Like, getting into it like it's about you. You walk in the arena, they, oh, they, oh, they go John Moran's dad. You know, oh, he, he walking in, he got the dark sunglasses. Oh, man, stop. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. So don't sit in the front row grabbing attention from your son. This is yeah. his theater. Yeah. Like, this is his theater, man. You have done your work and great job. <laughs> great job. Now, stand to the side. And enjoy the fruits of your labor with your son spoiling you to no end, taking care of you as he should. And now let him have his time. Not you with hoodies on, man, and all this stuff, man. He had like he a baller, man. Like, no, 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 dude. You, I ain't even seen him shoot a jump shot. You got to show me first. <laughs> uh, Xavier Woods in the chat said, uh, you don't look like Denzel. <laughs> you, you look more like Ray Charles. 
and, and now I'm thinking well, about can, it. If you had, I can sing. I can if, sing. Like if you had shades on, I, I I could see it. I could see that a little bit more. Than, if you had said Jamie Foxx in Rain, man, I would have been no, really no, 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 Come no, on no. now. Man, Jamie Foxx. Man, come <laughs> on. I love my boy Jamie. That's my boy. No, I ain't looking like Jamie. Jamie can make them faces, man. He, he can get he, and he's, he's a good looking guy, Jamie is, but he can make them ugly faces. Ain't no Denzel can't make any ugly faces. This Even is his true. training day in his roughest time. Send you all the Pelican Bay. Yeah. They was looking ugly. He was spit was coming out of his mouth. But I mean the women was like, oh, oh, he's hot. <laughs> Well, that's me. We got a super chat. We got a super chat <laughs> from Coach Fallen Founder. He said, Eddie, why are you always picking on water boys? LOL. I was good at it. High quality HTO got my team back yeah. in the game. I love it. Heck yeah. Like, look, see, people think, look, they think Saul, and when I say water boy and couch potato, that it's like a huge negative and attack on their personality. No, it's just a pack on what they what they did. It's an attack on what they did. And it's basically telling them, if you're going to get into my lane and debate me, then you better give me a definitive statement and break it down. Don't give me that quick stuff like trying to attack me. Like That doesn't do anything for me. That yeah. makes you a water boy and a couch potato, you know, because you're too lazy to go do your research. There's a lot of guys that attack me on Twitter. I don't call them water boys and couch potatoes. Like my co-host on SiriusXM, Justin Termini, three hours a day, Monday through Friday, uh, one to four Phoenix time. He he attacks me. I don't call him Waterboy anymore. I used to, but I don't call him that anymore. He's, he's earned that respect. He knows the history of the game. Go learn the history of the game and then come to me with some understanding of it. Then you won't be a Waterboy and a couch potato. Uh, Jay in the chat said, not Eddie, the equalizer, Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> These Denzel references are probably not going to stop now that you brought it up. My man, things – oh, I, I still can't get over that. Anyway, anyway, uh, let, let's, let's, the, the last topic of the day, let's talk about this. Uh, here locally, uh, we have a team, the University of Arizona women's basketball team, who lost, I think, five players to the transfer portal yesterday. And a lot of people were up in arms about it down in Tucson. Um, players – uh, both on the women's and men's side and in multiple sports uh, I have been hitting the transfer portal <clears throat> at an incredible rate. It happens every single year, a lot of turnover. Uh, you played at Illinois. Um, you know, I, I played I played at South Mountain Community College and then I went to Sonoma State. Uh, but you played at Illinois. You played at the highest of, uh, of Division one levels. Um, if the transfer portal existed back then, knowing the NIL deals, the potential playing time, the, the ups, the downs of, of playing college basketball for coaches and the, the requirements of those things. How do you, th how do you think you would have reacted in the NIL world and the transfer portal back then? Man, I would have been in that damn portal every year. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. college, college people cracked me up. You guys been, been taking advantage of athletes forever. Like forever. Like, these coaches especially. I don't want to hear a damn word come out of your mouth about a transfer portal. If I hear a coach talking about, oh, it's tough and people going, man, go kick rocks. Lady, go kick rocks. Don't do it with red bottoms on. Hurt your toe. All right? Just go kick rocks. You're the very people 
that is the reason why kids act the way they do. Why? You have a job. You recruited the kid. You got the kid to come to your school. You up and leave for a better job. You up and leave for a better job. But a kid can't do it, right? Get out of here with that. The reason they have that transfer portal is to balance the NIL. If they didn't have the transfer portal, how are the kids going to be able to negotiate for an NIL deal? They can't. Because now they'll say, if you leave, you got to sit out a year. That's, that's what they'll say. You're not leaving. You have to sit out a year. So you're not going to do that. So that's the problem. So you got to have the portal to go with the NIL. But, because it's got to be balanced. The kid has to have some ammunition to be able to get his NIL deal. I get that, Eddie. I do. I do. I Trust me, I do. However, comma, uh, there, there is such thing. It, it, okay, coaches' contracts. I'm glad you brought that up, okay? Let's just say Bobby Hurley, who just got extended two years, right? Uh, if he had five years still left on his deal and Duke wanted to come and try to hire him away, well, there's a buyout. That has to happen, right, for him to be able to go initially. So there are there are things there are, there are things that still need to be checked off in order for said coach to still leave, right? In some cases, not all, some. Most okay? time, coaches are allowed to leave. Yes, but if a school really wants to keep them, then they, they can won't. force. They, they, yeah, I know, but they can force it, it right? Recruiting. It hurts. Yeah, but they can force they it just won't. to make some money back. Like, hey, like some, well, some get their money back, fine, but he'll get more money. He'll make it over at the other school and they'll sure, pay it off. Sure, but what I'm saying is, is at least there's that little that little caveat, right? Where players don't have that. There is none. Like, I, I, okay, let's just say a, a player started for a team and the last game of the season, he just didn't like the way it, it went, all went down. Like, we got bounced in the first round. I didn't like the fact that these fans are on my ass about, you know, me going over 13. I'm in my fields. I'm hitting the transfer portal. Like, that's not the answer either. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it ain't going to happen Look, in the NBA. Me, me, me not having that portal could have been the reason why I was more mature when I got to the league. I get that. I could have up and transferred out of Illinois when I went there as a parade All-American, number one player in the state of Illinois, all right, and Lou Henson at Illinois. What high school did you go to in Illinois? Westinghouse High School. Okay. All right. Uh, people want to look at history lesson. Mark Aguirre and I uh, were, were high school teammates. Uh, so he's number one pick Damn. in 1981. So, uh, so I know that how you can be in that position because people were trying to get me to transfer when Lou Henson didn't play me. And I couldn't. So because I wasn't going to take a year off to transfer somewhere else. I just wasn't going to do it. I, if I didn't have that, I might have left. Who knows? So I get that part. And it made me a better person because it made me stay there and fight. Mm -hmm. But this this portal is not about what I went through. That's yeah. my point. Like, yeah. this portal is not about what I went through. This portal is more about money now. Like, and that's that's what's on the minds of these college athletes now, especially the ones that are doing well in their craft. It's about money. Like, if, if I'm going to stay in school three years, right, 
then I want to get paid while I'm in college. And that's what's happening right now. Some of these players, top-notch players, are making over a million dollars. And I say good for them. Good for them. Because them dudes behind the scene at NCAA, they've been making money off, yeah. off us forever. <clears throat> forever. I'm glad they're sweaty. I'm glad they're uneasy. I truly am. Because I didn't get a damn thing. Yeah. Okay. Nothing. And Illinois was making tons of money off of me. So I'm all for the athletes. And and yeah, it's not pristine yet right now. And it'll get better. But I don't want to hear anybody in NCAA complaining about nothing. When you have been getting all the money and you've been giving it to the coaches. So the coaches getting the money, coaches getting shoe contracts that the players got to freaking wear. How is that fair? Like, coach getting a, a shoe contract. Maybe I didn't like Nikes. Like, Nikes, I love Nikes walking around in, but I had a hard time playing with Nikes because I always sprained my ankle with them. I don't know why. Maybe because the elevation from heel to toe. I don't know, but I love Nikes. I love, you know, I, I got a pair of Nikes right now. You know what I'm saying? But I just walk around with them. Like, I couldn't play in them. But I was forced to. See, so I'm not buying. I'm not. I'm not into that, man. I'm. I'm all for these athletes, man. Uh, I'm for past athletes. Where's my damn nil money? <laughs> Get, where's my money? First of all, first of all, first of all, come on. First of all, like, listen, you and uh, you and Ed O'Bannon are not in the same category because there was they, they had they barely had Pong when you were playing. When you were playing at Illinois, they didn't have no, you know, Coach K's college basketball and using your likeness we in those games. We were selling out eighteen thousand in Assembly Hall. You know how many people they were averaging before I got there? Eighteen hundred? Huh? About seven thousand, eight thousand. I basically put. We played Michigan State my my sophomore year. We were number three. Okay, they were number one. All right, we beat them. I, yours truly, jumper at the buzzer, okay, over Greg Kelser, and Magic was looking at it. <laughs> Magic, Magic knew it was in because he and I have been knowing each other since high school. So, and they had standing room only, national TV audience, uh, selling shirts like crazy with our pictures on it, my pictures on it, and I didn't get a damn nickel. Yeah. Don't want to hear it. Okay. Fair don't want to hear it, man, because this is the this is the moment of the of, of the unequalness that the athlete is going to enjoy in college sports that they never had the chance, and now they're making these guys behind the scenes squirm. Good for them. Yeah, I, I'm all listen. I'm all for players making what they need to make. Like I, I'm cool with that. And some of these players are transferring because they want. They want bigger money. They want they want better opportunities at different schools, and I'm cool with that. I I have no problem with that. Uh, I'm just saying, like, I do think that there's a little bit of uh, some tightening up, if you will, in terms of how how the NIL works uh, to make it a little bit more. I, I'm not even gonna say equitable, uh, but it, we you will run into an, an instance where some schools. Uh, we'll just have donors that have way more money than other schools and be able to find NIL deals in the millions and millions of dollars, which causes disparity across the board. And it, we got to find a way 
to be able to reward the same kind of athlete at Arizona as you would at Alabama. Like there, there's there's got to be a way. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, huh? When you're broke, uh huh. When you when you're at zero salary, sure. Those kids aren't trying to negotiate nothing. Now some of them get lawyers. Those are the top kids at the schools. Not that's not other- true. That's not true. It's not the top kids at the schools. Literally, I know no. this for a fact. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is they get, I'm just saying most of those kids, that lawyers are going to gravitate toward them. Of course, all kids can go get a lawyer. Yeah. But I'm saying lo- lawyers are going to gravitate toward the top athletes, okay? Mm-hmm. It's going to be an easy transition for them to the portal and NIL. They know they're going to get paid. These other students don't know to what level they're going to get paid. So it's not about uh, they want a million dollars. It's about they just want some money. Like they don't know what they're gonna get. Like the sixth person on the team, best player on the team, knows that they're not gonna get what the best player on the team is getting. But mm-hmm. they would mm-hmm. like to get something. Like they don't want that person getting a million and they're getting zero. Yeah. They don't want to watch that person driving around in a Mercedes and they on the bus. So that's the point. It's like yeah, they want something. And, and that, so that's what they're fighting for. Yeah. Uh, you know, female athletes, you know, know they're not going to get the top two, three million dollar deals. That some of these quarterbacks are getting, but they want something. Yeah. And so that's why they're going to go to the portal. And that's the only leverage they have is to go to the portal. So I don't know why people are shocked. I really yeah. don't. I'd be in that portal every damn year. <laughs> I'm going back to the portal. You want help? Oh, you want me to stay an extra year and not go to the league? Because me being here is making you money. Me being here is maybe helping you get a title. So here's your here's the thing. Because of that, and I'm passing up, I know some money at the highest level, but I do know that I still need to get a little better and put myself in a better position to maybe instead of going 15th in the draft, I can go top five. So if you want me to roll the dice on that, sir, then you're going to have to lift my salary up every year. Every year. That's what you're going to do. I'm going to go back to the portal. You're going to have to pay me. That's what you're going to see. And you're going to see more of that more aggressively because there's so many uh, lawyers out there right now, agents that have added this part to their their business. It's going to be be ridiculous. And guess what? Good for college. You know why it's good for college? Because they have an opportunity to keep the athletes there longer than when they should. So there you go. So I'm not feeling sorry for that. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's Eddie Johnson. Uh, You can find him where? Sirius XM NBA Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 4. That's all NBA talk for three hours. Now, you think I'm combustible on this show with salt? No, no. You know, I'm, I'm out of line on that show, but you know. <laughs> so you, you need to check it out. I'm not uh, on today. I'm traveling today, so I will be back on tomorrow. Wonderful. He, uh, you can find him uh, also on on all, all Suns uh, broadcasts, as you all know. Uh, tomorrow, the Kings Suns, pretty big game. The Suns can, uh, yeah. can if the Suns can win that one, they would clinch a tiebreaker with the with the Clippers if that should need to happen in the first place. And listen, at the end of the day. I know the Suns are reeling, but they're going to be okay. I know everybody in the chat has been talking uh, kind of, you know, some, there's some anger a little bit 
back and forth uh, with with other people about the reasons why the Suns have been falling apart. But listen, KD and DA, that's all you need to know. Those two guys yeah. are back. Everything no. gets off. KD, DA, and we gave up Cam and Mikhail. Yep. We don't have any of them. Yep. So look at it that way. We don't have KD and DA, and we gave up Mikhail and Cam to get KD, which was a good deal. Okay, yeah. it, was a, it, was a, it was a great deal. But we don't have any of them. And so now we only have that Suns team without those guys. Yeah. That's why they're struggling somewhat right now. And so we have to try to at least get a win or two when we can until they get back. And like I said, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, KD can get back before the end of the season, which I think highly looks like that's going to happen. But, you know, if he doesn't, you got to find a way. Hit that like button on your way out, please. We could use the encouragement. We appreciate all of you for joining us today on another episode of Outside Shots. Follow my man EJ on Twitter at JumpShot8. You can follow me on Twitter at Saul underscore Bookman. PH Next Sun's coming later this afternoon at 3 p.m. We got some juicy stuff to talk about. Until next time, be safe, Eddie. We'll see you. Peace. Out of here.